0: So we have a few minutes to take some comments, or not sorry, not comments, questions, <laughs> take some questions for you uh, regarding this particular lesson. Is there anybody here you have any questions concerning today's lesson from Cursed to Cured? Anybody have any questions? Yeah, Pastor, I got a question. Awesome. What's up with a thousand years? Lots of a thousand years? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> I am so glad you asked that. We read that, that scripture there. And it says, first and foremost, that God takes uh, the beast and the false prophet, the Antichrist, and throw them into the uh, lake of fire, alive. But it doesn't say that about Satan. Number one, why doesn't it say that about Satan? If Jesus is going to get rid of all wickedness, all sin, all evil, all those who oppose him, come against him, you would think he would take Satan along with them and throw them into the uh, lake of fire as well. But the Bible says he doesn't do that, but he does take him and put him in the abyss or the bottomless pit. He seals him. He chains him up where he cannot get out for a thousand years. So there is a period of time where there is no sin, no wickedness, no evil running rapid on this world. There is a time of that for a thousand years. But after that thousand years, he is going to let Satan out. He is going to let Satan loose. Now, why in the world would he do that? Was Satan getting out for good behavior? I mean, is it parole? What is it? Why is Satan going to be released? If God has him where he wants him, why is he going to release him? Because this lets us know that even though he's the devil, he's still God's devil. Okay. In other words, he's not rogue doing his own thing and God is, you know, pulling out his hair. I don't know what to do with this guy. No, that's not going on. Okay. There is no thing and no one that is outside or beyond the control of God, okay, including Satan. That's why Satan even had to go to God to have permission to touch Job's life because even Satan has to uh, yield to the will and authority of God. So this scripture here lets us know that God can use anyone and anything to accomplish his will, okay? People have the question about, about Judas, you know. Why in the world would Jesus choose Judas if he knew that Judas was going to portray him? Because God can use anyone and anything to accomplish his will, including Satan. And God is going to use Satan one more time, okay? Satan has a purpose, okay? Satan has a purpose that God uses, How do we know that there's so many scriptures we'll have time to get to? Let me give you a couple. Remember the church of Corinth, the guy sleeping with his dad's wife. Paul gets to them and he says, you have someone in your church committing sins that people out in the world don't even do. And you have said nothing about it. You haven't reprimanded him. You haven't done anything. You've just been so merciful and gracious and loving to them. You let him remain in his sin. He said this, I tell you this, kick him out. If he's not willing to repent, if he's not willing to get things right, kick him out so that Satan can beat up on him for a little while. Deliver such a one to Satan, Paul says. Why? Because if you keep him in here and you keep him all nice and comfortable, he will remain in his sin. Won't change. But if you kick kick him out of the fellowship, out of the covering of God and allow Satan to beat up on him for a little while, he will then repent. He will turn. He will run back to the church and say, Father, forgive me for my sin, which means Satan has a purpose. If you remember, when Paul was taken to the third heaven, he was revealed things that he said are unlawful for me to even try to describe here. But he said, lest I be puffed up and proud beyond measure, a messenger of Satan put a thorn in my flesh. In other words, God used Satan to keep Paul humble, to keep Paul grounded, which means even Satan has a purpose. Okay. Now, this is Satan's last purpose. This is the reason why he's going to be let out. When you have the thousand year reign or the millennial reign of Christ, those who believe in Jesus Christ now or die believing in him, we're going to go into the millennial reign of Christ in our glorified bodies. We're going to have our glorified bodies when we go into the millennial kingdom or the millennial reign of Christ. However, you're going to have those who have to go through the tribulation because they didn't believe when the word was being preached. They came to church, they heard, but they didn't believe it. Now the rapture of the church has happened. The Antichrist has risen to power. Now they say, oh yeah, I I remember what that preacher was talking about. (laughs) This is the Antichrist, this is the end. And they are going to give their life to Jesus Christ. Now it may cost them their life, they may lose their head because of it, but they're going to give their life to Jesus Christ. Anybody who survives the Great Tribulation, right? the seven-year tribulation. Uh, time, we're going to talk about in our new series, anybody who survives that, when Jesus Christ makes his second return, they are going to go into the millennial kingdom with their natural bodies. The bodies you and I have right now, those are the bodies they are going to go into the millennial kingdom with. Because of that, they are going to marry and they're going to produce children, right? So life will carry on just like it is now, only it will be perfect. It will be in perfection. So these people who got out of the great tribulation managed to keep their life and go into the millennial reign of Christ in these same fleshly natural bodies. They're going to be able to marry. They're going to have children. And those children are going to have to make a decision about Jesus Christ as well. Just like you and I, we have to make a decision what we're going to do with Jesus Christ. These children who are going to be born in the millennial reign of Christ, they too are going to have to make a decision about Christ. Now, you're saying, why in the world would they not accept Christ then? I mean, Jesus Christ is there physically. Jesus Christ is reigning and ruling. Everything is perfect. Why wouldn't they accept him? Well, ask Adam. Why didn't he accept Ask Lucifer. Why didn't he accept just because Jesus is going to be here physically doesn't automatically mean that everybody is going to believe because the Bible is clear everybody is not going to believe even though Jesus will be here physically but you will have everybody acting right you will have everybody doing right not because they are right but because sin will be judged quickly remember The knowledge of God covers the earth like waters cover the sea. There is no closed doors, no nook, no cranny, no crevice, nowhere where you can get away with sin during this millennial reign of Christ. And so when people begin to see somebody sin, somebody rebel against God, somebody want to do their own thing, and they are judged quickly, they're going to say, I better not do that. (laughs) I better just tow the road. I better just get in line and do what I'm supposed to do because I don't want that to happen to me. They're going to be doing the right thing, not because they're right, but because they have absolutely no choice but to. Oh, but that's going to change when Satan is released. The last purpose, the final purpose of Satan is to bring out of them what is in them. Rebellion is in them. (laughs) Okay, Wickedness is in them. They're just not uh, bringing it out in the open because they know they will be judged by it. But when Satan is released, he's going to be able to gather his team, gather his army, the Bible says, and convince them you don't have to listen to Jesus. Just like he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. You don't have to listen to Jesus. I'm here now. Look what I can do. Follow me. Come after me. I'll let you do whatever you want to do. I'll let you keep your sin. You can do whatever you want. And he's going to convince these people to rebel against God one more time. Satan's final purpose is to bring the rebellion that's in them out of them. So when they come the very last time against God and God wipes them out, then there will never again be any sin and any sinner. And it is then when God will be done with Satan and he, too, will be thrown into the lake of fire. That is why Satan is bound for a thousand years. Okay? Great question. I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Anybody else have any questions? Concerning what we talked about today. Okay. Uh, no more killing cows and fish, and we're all going to be vegetarians. Well, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough.
1: You that, would think, but uh, I,
0: I assure you it won't. But, be. <laughs> man, that, yeah, I, I guess I, I just can't. Fathom it right now, absolutely but not. Absolutely, that—that that was really my question. Okay, that's more of a comment, but I'll, I'll let. It really, slide as really, a <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Mark. I this sure is what like the Bible. a good steak, though. Oh, I, I know you do. I know you do. But <laughs> this is what the Bible says: Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart or mind of man the things that God has in store for those who love him. Yes. Now, right now with us, it doesn't make sense. You know, John said, and I looked and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and there was no sea. And if you are a boatsman or a fisherman, you're maybe sad and depressed. About, what? There's no sea? Look, eye is not seen, <laughs> ear is not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has in store for those who love him. Right now, it doesn't make sense to us. Right now, we can't fathom or imagine Us having an enjoyable eternity without steak, without lobster, without these things. But trust me, what God has for us then is so much greater than what we get from this world now. May not see it now, may not understand it now, but when we get there, it will blow anything in this world out of the water, I promise you, okay? That'll work. All right, all right, I'm glad. (laughs) Anybody
1: else? Yes, ma'am. I have one question. (laughs) So after the thousand years reign mm-hmm. and Satan's let loose mm-hmm. and he pulls the, re- the rebels out. Yes. Then what happens to the people that were alive during the, the millennial reign? Do they get glorified bodies at that point? Yes.
0: Um, so, so the Bible says that uh, corruptible flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we know that everybody will eventually get or have a glorified body, the same body that Jesus raised from the dead in. because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, the Bible says. So those of us who are around when the rapture of the church happens, the Bible says, and uh, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Changed. Changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. This corruption will take off corruption and put on corruption. This mortal will take off mortality and put on immortality. We will be given glorified bodies. Those who have kids in the millennial kingdom, once the thousand years is up, I would assume that they then too would get glorified bodies once that thousand years would be up. Their, their change or transformation. They may just be walking like the lepers, the ten lepers were walking one day, and all of a sudden they look down and they got their glorified body. It just changes that quickly. But everybody will get a glorified body because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says. Yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. So the people in the millennium king in the millennium mm-hmm. kingdom. Doesn't it just seem like this is Adam and Eve all over again? It's like God, why would you release Satan to Mm -hmm. come back Mm -hmm. and to and to bring out Mm -hmm. the temptation that is in? Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know. You 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 just
0: want to ask Him Mm -hmm. why, you know, why would would you do that again? I would ask why would anybody still rebel after living in a perfect world with a perfect King? With everything that you need is there, why would you rebel against that? But it lets us know that the heart of man is desperately wicked and is uh, deceitful. Who can know it? Who can know the heart of God? Why would Lucifer in heaven rebel against God that he sees in front of him? Why would Adam and Eve rebel in a perfect environment? And so when God comes, it's of like you say, 2.0. An opportunity for mankind again to either receive or reject God, which lets us know it's not that there's not enough proof. People say, Well, if God is real, why don't he show himself? Give me proof. It's not that there's not any proof. You don't believe because you don't want to believe. You want to be your own God. It's the lie from the beginning. Satan wanted to be God. That's why he rebelled. He lied to. Adam and Eve and said, you can be your own God. That's why they rebelled. And so in the millennial kingdom, you're going to have thousands of people who still have their same heart who want to be God. They want to do their own thing. They don't want to answer anybody. They don't want to listen to anybody. They want to do what they want to do. God, because he has given us free will, is going to allow them to do that. But he still has to bring it out of them because he knows it's in them. It's kind of like the story of the uh, the son. He's sitting at the dinner table with his family, and he gets upset at his dad about something, so he stands up. And the, and the dad says, son, sit down. Said, no, I'm not sitting down. I'm not taking this anymore. He says, son, I said, sit down. No, I'm not sitting down. I'm 18 years old. I can do this. Father stands up, takes off his belt, says, son, I said, sit down. He says, all right, I'm sitting down. But then he, in his Uh, whisper voice under his breath, he says, but in my heart, I'm still standing up. Mm -hmm. He sat down because he didn't have a choice but to sit down. Mm -hmm. He wasn't bigger, badder, tougher than his dad, so he sat down because he didn't have a choice but to sit down, but in his heart, he was still standing up. In his heart, he was still rebelling. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to have in a millennial kingdom. You're going to have thousands of people who are sitting down, but in their heart, they're standing up. They're coming against God because they really want to do their own thing and be God. So what God has to do is he has to bring that rebellion out of them so he can judge them for once and for all and completely and totally forever rid the heaven and the earth from sin. Why was it?
1: I said otherwise God's not just.
0: God's not just. So he has to be just, right. He has to be just. And because he is allowing marriage and family and children to be born, He has to continue the way it's always been. He has to. And that is, number one, he gives mankind free will. And number two, he has to judge it. And if your sin is not being judged in Christ, then you will have to pay for your sin. So it just continues until all of this is over, all of this is said and done, and then it will be no more forever. I've read
1: this many times, and I've tried to understand it and comprehend it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's just kind of like one of those things that I've chalked up there, if there were three wise men or 21, who cares, I'm still going to heaven, <laughs> and I just kind of put it aside, uh-huh. And but I, I, as I've read it, I in my mind, I'm just thinking, well, God is a God of second chances, mm-hmm. and, and I, I didn't quite understand it, so thank you for... Mm-hmm.
0: Explaining, and I think and this is one this. of the reasons because people have a question about the angels as well, or even Satan himself. If they wanted to, could they repent? If they wanted to, could they be saved if they finally realize, And I, and the answer obviously is no. The Bible is clear that, that no, they, they will not be saved. Uh, but I'm thinking and believing it is because of the revelation that they had, they are in the very presence of God. It's not like us where, you know, it's by faith and we have to figure things out. No. They are there in a very There was no reason for them to rebel. And so therefore, they don't get a second chance. They don't get another opportunity because all the revelation and information you needed was there and you still decided to rebel. That's how I'm thinking the millennial kingdom will be. All the revelation and information you needed to make a decision was there, but yet you still rebel. Therefore, God doesn't have anything else to give you. Right, right. He doesn't have anything else to show you. So There is no second chance because everything that God has and everything God gives you, so you can believe, was given to you. But yet you still rebel, so the sin will be judged quickly. That's how I would see it. Thank you. Thank you for your question. I appreciate that. Anybody else? This is fun. I can do this all day. I love this stuff. So, (laughs) what do you have, Miss Beverly?
1: Okay, what's the difference in the thousand-year uh, reign versus heaven on on the people? Are the ones coming from the grave? Are we going to be in the thousand reign, thousand-year reign? Also, depends and then on
0: who you ask. Who's going to be in the millennial kingdom or millennial reign of Christ? Uh, I believe Scripture says that the millennial kingdom is the the Lamb's supper, and the Lamb's supper is for His bride, which is the church. So some would argue that uh, Israel or the Jews won't be necessarily in this. This is like a special coronation or event uh, with just the church and, and Christ. Others believe, no, everybody who believed in God, believed in his word, whether Jew or Gentile, whether you die way back when or you entered in, you're going to be there as well. Everybody will be there together. Um, so it just depends on who, who you ask, what they believe, whether it's just for the church and Christ, or everybody who believed in God and his word would be there. we you have to wait and see.
1: And that's where you'll still know each other. I mean, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. And all dogs go to heaven then? Man, oh, <laughs> man, I don't know about that. Well, I know at least horses are in heaven because we just read <laughs> Jesus is coming back riding one, right? <laughs> yeah, anytime somebody asks me about animals going to heaven, I say, well, at least there are some horses there because... The Bible says he's coming back riding on a steed, and we are coming back following him on horses as well. So you, at least you've got some stables in heaven. you got, you got some horses, all right? Cats and dogs and all that, I, I'm not sure about, okay? Could be, could be. Anybody else before we close? All right, well, this was fun. Thank you all so much for appeasing me, allowing me to share my heart with you. Take such a simple question like what is up with the lion laying down with the lamb and bring all this out because of it. God is so good to reveal these truths to us. It is exciting and wonderful to know. And I'm so grateful to be in the know and used by God to let others know as well. So go ahead and stand if you will, please receive the blessing or benediction. And since we're all family here, I believe that everybody is all right with the Lord. But just in case you are not. This is something you do not want to miss out on at all. So if there is still rebellion in your heart against God, you have not committed yourself to Jesus Christ because you still want to do your own thing and be your own God. I would implore you at this time, make a decision to give your life to Christ. You do not want to miss out on this. And you certainly don't want to go to the other destination that those who reject Jesus Christ will go. So while you still can, the Bible says the day you hear my voice, do not harden your heart as they did in the day of rebellion. Open up your heart, allow Jesus Christ to come in, make him Lord, make him savior, make him ruler because either way, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. Now, either you can do it now voluntarily or you can be made to do it then, okay? There is nobody in hell right now who's not a believer. Everybody in hell is a believer now. They can't uh, uh, confess God enough, but it's too late for them. It is not too late for anybody here. So if you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. Make the decision today to make him your Lord and your Savior. Amen. Go ahead and lift your hands to the heavens and receive the blessing. God, we thank you so much for revealing that which you have revealed to us so that we may know not only what was, but what is and also what is to come. Not so that we may get goosebumps and uh, get all excited about prophecy, but so that we may be prepared for what is to come. We know, Lord, your return is imminent. You can call us out of this world at any moment right now without any other thing having to happen or take place. So we pray that everybody here under the sound of my voice is ready for that day because we have committed ourselves to You. we've given our lives to you. Because we know already that you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And we want you to rule and reign even now as well as forever. So as we prepare to leave this place, may we never leave the truth we have learned here today. May it go before us and may it uh, cause us to live for you now as we will then. For our sake, for others good, and ultimately for your glory. These things we ask and pray in the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said together, amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday.